I still don't know what they're doing from a game publishing standpoint. That's really that exciting. Um, yeah, what are we going to get Lost Vikings remastered? Yeah, well, like... the, the hallmark of Blizzard, like we said, you know, the, the reason that StarCraft was so awesome is it it was innovative in an RTS space that was very popular back then. Mm -hmm. World of Warcraft innovative in an MMO space and for years innovative in a space that wasn't that way otherwise. And now they're now they're releasing 20 year old games like it's the opposite of innovation. It's it's not even. I mean, at least Diablo 4 is a new title that maybe isn't innovative, but Diablo 2 Remastered or Warcraft 3 Reforged? Like, come on. Welcome to Pick Up Your Sticks, where we talk about why gaming matters with your hosts, Brett Lindley and Walker Near. I'm Brett, and this week we talk about Blizzard's Fall from Grace. If you want to support Pick Up Your Sticks, you can do so by buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash pod. So what's up, Walker? What's uh, got you picking up your six this week? Well, I can definitely say it's not a Blizzard title. Uh... <laughs> I was trying to think of something witty to, to intro with, too, and I was like, nah, I'm just I'm not going to push too hard on that yet. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'll leave that one to you. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I'll actually say uh, I recently reinstalled Windows, which will will cover the reasons for that on a, a later episode. Um, but I have not downloaded battle.net and reinstalled i haven't even installed that let alone any blizzard or activision titles uh since doing that so not playing any blizzard games at all to the highest degree possible right <laughs> yeah. not even accessible <laughs> i uh i mean i've watched a little bit of starcraft but honestly i've also started watching which this is also maybe a future episode depending on what happens with with if this becomes a hyper focus attention grabber totally or not mm. uh i started watching supreme commander uh, wow that's pro still matches. played like 2020 2021 i what? mean they call them pros sure. they, they they openly admit that it like we call anybody above 1500 mmr a pro but ah, they're not making like, money i doubt it i mean <laughs> we we know how much starcraft pros make and that Starcraft was definitely eye-opening. So I'm I'm doubting that uh Supreme Commander in 2021 is uh is doing better than StarCraft, at least in the professional money-making side. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it depends on what we want to define professional as. Um but yeah, I mean I don't we'll just rip the band-aid off and jump into it, I guess. You know, Blizzard has uh, as you put it in our intro, had a, a definite fall from grace. Um, you know, we, we started this podcast a, a couple years ago and our first four episodes are all about the Blizzard IP and about how, you know, we grew up playing Warcraft, Starcraft, Diablo, uh, and then in the mid 2010s jumped into things like Overwatch and Hearthstone and check those out. And so always been heavily engaged with Blizzard IP. Obviously we're both big Starcraft fans and have interviewed tons of people from the Starcraft world, but um yeah they i mean it's been a combination of factors uh however the most shocking i think of of all those factors is uh, the rampant uh, sexism that was exposed to be in the upper echelons of you know that company's management uh, which is obviously disappointing and 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 sad and 
it, to some extent horrific <laughs> for the people who have to you know who had to work there and put up with that and it's 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 disappointing because it's so far removed from the company that we at least thought we were talking about and maybe at that time it was already off the rails it just hadn't been reported yet but right. the company we thought we were talking about when we first recorded those initial episodes is not that company right that's no. not yeah. the values they espoused it's not there was there was nothing like that about them previously coming out. And again, reporting has changed a lot over time and there's a lot more access to information now than there used to be. So for sure, um, I'm, I'm sure that they they're not completely, you know, untarnished in in their history prior to this year. Um, but it's again, it's just what comes forward. And so, you know, it's it's a little bit easier to think if there's nothing in the news that nothing bad's going on. And that's probably not the case, but. Um, you know, it's well, and I think, you know, I, I think that there are obviously there are multiple contributing factors. Um, none of this is to, is intended to alleviate responsibility from the individuals perpetrating that behavior because they're definitely responsible for it. Oh yeah. They're monsters. But when the game company starts, you know, it's, it's small, right. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it's a collaboration between people who aren't yet blizzard that come together to make blizzard and it's right you know it's a passion thing i mean certainly they're in it to make money but and those people aren't there for a long time right now, right they've they've all been leaving and so and i think this happens in maybe any corporation i don't i don't know maybe not but a corp, you know, a company is founded typically not by shareholders, right? Right. It's founded maybe by... an angel investor or two, yeah, but like, right, right, right. That's but it. not the faceless public shareholder. Um, and and so you don't form an LLC, then an IPO, right? Then <laughs> then a company, right? So it's like I think that this is just a, unfortunately. Um, and to be clear, not that the byproduct of this is always rampant sexism and harassing culture or something that, that that's this is that's not the equation, but simply that the values that a company starts with are usually really, really important to the founders because they're putting I mean, it's their it's it's almost like a form of art, you know, and I, I know that's horrible to all artists to refer to a corporation, <laughs> but really, I take, I take personal offense to that. No. You know what I mean, though, right? Like I do. I do. They're putting their it's, soul into it. Yeah, they're putting like there's tons of stories of like big, like big companies will hold on to their early growth stories. And for a while, I think that that is true, but like you said, it, it fades away. And there's tons of stories of like, Oh, well, when we were starting out and had 10 employees, uh, our company couldn't make pay that week because we didn't have enough money. And we asked all the employees if they just actually gave it their all for the next week that we could get out and pay everybody a week late and, and, you know, and then we did it. Everybody was on it. Nobody quit. They all supported the company. And then we gave them a 250% bonus that year because we, you know, got out and made it big and whatever. Right. Like, there's tons of those stories. And I think at the time they are true. Like, yeah, like because it is a thing that's like, yeah, if this if we don't make pay this week and everybody quits, well, then the company is just gone and I'm bankrupt. So if, but if we all stick through it and, and actually make it work, then we could all win and everybody could get a raise. Right. And well, that's easy to do when there's three, six, 10, maybe even 20 people. But at a certain point, it's really hard to manage. And then once you have a board of directors, they don't care. 
like yeah well and, and it, it also changes because the the person or group of people who are starting the business you know certainly i think any business is going to have to make enough money to stay open right so profit is always a, a an aim but they have more flexibility to to insert their values into what matters but as they move away and new people get hired into the corporate management positions their metrics and their incentives are all around growth and metrics and you know KPIs and all that stuff and so it, it and again not that that in any way justifies the behavior that was reported at Blizzard but just simply that like i think it almost always becomes less personal because the people running it eventually didn't come in for those reasons right they came right in for well paycheck. and they just become distant in in any number of ways like you either didn't uh, most of the people those founding people that end up in big positions started on the ground floor right right and worked their way up not necessarily because they were like fit for that job but just because they had the experience and they brought new people into the ground floor so you invent a role that's now a supervisor and mm -hmm. then you invent a role that's a manager and then you invent a cfo and like though it just kind of moves up right but you don't get that after once you already have a board and then some of those board members leave or move on or become whatever you get different board members who come in as a board member to begin with they've never seen a, any employee that makes anything less than half of what they make they don't even know what those people are or what they do right and, and again not that that automatically produces a toxic environment but what it does is it produces an environment where people have less personal investment like you just described at every level of the company because it's just not how they're seeing it and again it doesn't mean that they're inherently evil but what it also does then is it creates an environment where toxic things have more room to manifest and grow not that it's inevitable but it's there's a higher possibility of that outcome because yeah, you generate more risk exactly exactly um and I mean, you know, look at a company that has nothing to do with gaming, but that's another, I think, you know, generally considered to be big, bad <laughs> kind of company would be like Walmart. When Walmart starts, they have a policy of not opening in small towns because they don't right. want to destroy small community business, you know, environments. But once Sam Walton's gone and now it's a giant mega corporation that goes out the window and Walmarts are popping up anywhere they can buy the land. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, but I don't know that when it was created, I don't think they were rubbing their hands together and like secretly plotting like we're lying about this and later we'll flip it. It just unfolded that way. Right. Right. Um, so I, anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. No, no, I didn't. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's well, so what I was going to say it, is yeah. I, I think that and and certainly I'm I'm happy to, to discuss it as much as as you want to, because we're you know partners here in this. I feel like I personally am not. um the best source to discuss all of the the toxic work environment claims For and sure. things that were made. Um, and, and our show here is about gaming and why gaming matters. And so while the toxic workplace stuff at Blizzard is terrible and is the primary fall from grace that they've had, they've also had a fall from grace. Even if their workplace culture was awesome, they've had a significant fall from grace just in the games that they're making and coming out with now. Mm -hmm. And so I would like to, to kind of switch gears to that. But again, I say that not because I want to avoid the conversation about the toxic work environment. So no, for sure. 
I think that, you know, all I really want to say on that is as the time of the, for this recording uh, in October, um, it's still ongoing. All, all of the lawsuits, the allegations, a bunch of different claims, uh, not just about the original acqui- uh, allegations from July, um, but all the way to more recent allegations of union busting. And I mean, a lot of this, I even... You know, I think where I kind of want to take my focus again, I want to agree with you. I'm not going to be the tried and true source on this. Uh, I would definitely recommend anybody out there to before forming a really strong opinion, do do your research and and go look into the issues. Um, don't just listen to a couple of dorky talkless heads, you know, or talking <laughs> heads, talkless heads. Yeah, there's the one thing that we are not is talkless. <laughs> um but that uh, that I had a lot of concerns about the quality of their company in two two major things happened that started making me concerned um, going in reverse timeline order before the most recent allegations. There was Bobby Kotick coming in as CEO, and I had a lot of there. I had a lot of issues then Um and then prior to that was really just the the Activision acquisition. Like when Activision bought Blizzard, I like I think I took a sabbatical from game like Blizzard until you and I started playing StarCraft again, because mm. um, that was kind of my like, well, they're just going to become EA now. So that's and, and it took a while. And like for a while, it looked like it may not happen for a while. It was like Blizzard's maintaining enough control that they may be able to still do it. Be Blizzard. Yeah, be Blizzard. And then, like, I don't know, I was one of the Canada operations. Was it Blizzard North that, like, shut down or something? They started doing mass layoffs and reconfigurations of of staff. And But it was, like, six months or a year after the acquisition, so it was kind of under the radar. It was after the news cycle died down, and they just kind of get away with it at that point. And it was like, oh, no, this just is what we all feared, just far enough out so that nobody's going to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. Uh, that that them being acquired by Activision was was immediately a a warning uh, moment. If you're a Blizzard fan, and you're right, it did take a long time. You know, honestly, when they announced Battle.net or BattleNet 2.0 or whatever it's called, <laughs> um, that is the current BattleNet client that you download all Blizzard games through. I just assumed they were going to compete with Steam. I just assumed they would be selling oh, yeah. all games, yep. right? And if nothing else, certainly all Activision games. Right. And that's not actually the way it went. Uh, it was only Blizzard titles for a long time. In the last few years, they added Call of Duty titles. Uh, is there anything? It seems like maybe there was something else even, too. Oh, they had Destiny 2 oh, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. Before well, that was there. Right, before Bungie left. Um, but yeah, so but still, like, the, the, the Battle.net is not a ton of games still. So it still felt like, oh, this is mostly Blizzard still, right? Like this right. Is Blizzard is them. still mostly in control and Activision gets to slap one of their things in here every now and again. Right, right. Um, but yeah, the, the 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 games that they've put out for a while now have just not really moved the needle at all. Um, and, and that's not for the last 10 years. You know, Hearthstone when it came out and as far as I know, still is very popular, but Hearthstone completely changed the digital TCG space, right? Yes. Like if you're going to play competitive card game, 
there wasn't a great digital option prior to Hearthstone, and Hearthstone yeah. really showed how that could be done. And there's other, you know, games out there now. I mean, I even think... at the time, Magic wasn't able to do it. Right, right. And and that just is, there's no better way to transition. Like, if you if somebody wanted to put a card game digitally, you would think the master of the card game would be able to do it, because the rules are very set. It's very simple. They already have a giant backlog. All the art's done. And they couldn't do it at all. They tried several times and all of them were garbage. It's it's weird how that happens with some of these, like the what I'll call the original IPs. But I mean, Warhammer should be able to make mm -hmm. good video games, but they refused to license to Blizzard back in the 90s. <laughs> right. So we get Warcraft, which is just some <laughs> weird, slightly altered version of Warhammer. Somewhere out there, there's a beautiful parallel universe where Blizzard and Games Workshop partnered and we right. get and we get amazing movies of the Tyranid Siege of Macrog. Right. And and, and, and Starcraft games. Ghost probably exists in that universe too. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like the orcs are the Warhammer orcs where they're yes. like soccer hooligans instead of whatever Zug -zug. shamanistic thing that they are in Warcraft instead. Right. Um But yeah, I mean Hearthstone was great when it came out, but I lost interest somewhat quickly and not that I am the bellwether for all gamers opinions or something. Certainly <laughs> you losing interest quickly in a game. <laughs> Fine. Um, <laughs> but then they did heroes of the storm. And honestly, I thought heroes of the storm was going to do it. What every other blizzard game had done, dominate the MOBA market, you know, put league of legends and Dota in the backseat. And that didn't, even kind of happen. No, they stopped supporting it on an esports level very quickly, like within yeah. a year or two of it launching. Um, Overwatch, really, really popular. Overwatch League came out; that was a big deal. Mm -hmm. I I don't hear anything about Overwatch anymore. In fact, if I talk to someone who plays it, I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, I there's a couple of things about Overwatch too, but that's hit snags and delays. Well, and, and... that's weird because it's not really a sequel. It's it's like a PVE single player game, but the PVP is still combined with Overwatch one. Right. It's all very strange. And it felt like too soon for Overwatch two. you know, back in the day, three years post release of a game. Absolutely. It's time for a sequel, but that's because those games <laughs> weren't connected to the internet. So there wasn't even a patch released for them, let alone this games as a service style. Right. Yeah. I mean, when you're still completely reworking heroes, like, I mean, Bastion just got a pretty huge rework recently and he's like, OG mm. hero getting completely remade. And then, but like while you're deving the new game, like I, well, and I've seen people complaining that there's not new heroes being released mm -hmm. anymore because of the emphasis on, or I guess on overwatch Two, And it just, the thing that, that always attracted, I think, both of us to Blizzard was it didn't feel like they were ever trying to do money grabs. Case in point, StarCraft Ghost. The community appetite for StarCraft Ghost was always there, and they always said, hey, we don't know how to make it good, so we're not going to put it out because we're not just going to exploit your fandom. Right. And I and then don't Legacy of the Void really comes out. <laughs> <laughs> This somebody somewhere had to say this is not good. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like units, great, fine, whatever. The multiplayer, awesome. That story, whoof. Who that's how you're gonna end it. That's how you're gonna end the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, that I started in, with Wings of Liberty, in my opinion. The writing went 
to yeah. a Disney place that I don't appreciate. Um, but anyway, and I don't know, you just go on down the line. So, I mean, you've got Overwatch, Heroes of the Storm, Hearthstone. That's that's the new, that's it for new IP from Blizzard in the last decade. I think I mean, Heroes of the Storm kind of flopped almost immediately. The other two, though, had good launches and had a good at least first few years. And again, sure. honestly, as far as I know, Hearthstone is still thriving. Right. I, don't really know. I think Overwatch is definitely not. It's not on Thanksgiving esports anymore, but it's definitely not dead. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm sure the, the the they still make a fair amount of money from loot boxes in Overwatch. So, yeah, I mean, EverQuest 2 released an expansion last year. EverQuest 2 came out in 2004 and right. I think was unpopular by 2005. <laughs> and they're still releasing content. So, yeah. you know, what it Somebody's takes to it. have a game die is apparently a lot. Um, <laughs> but but then we go back to the the foundational IPs of Blizzard, your Diablo, Starcraft, mm -hmm. Warcraft. Starcraft, they don't care about so much that all of their developers left and created Frost Giant. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because Blizzard slash Activision doesn't want to create RTS anymore. They and they even stopped creating like the co-op commanders and stuff, which looked like it could have been a thing. Yeah. And and it, they kind of middled about in it. They released commanders, but no new real missions or maps or anything. Right. So it's like nobody really cares about new commanders if you're not giving new content. Like Yep. So that that's out. And then they dump the the competitive scene onto, you know, here. Somebody else can take care of organizing the tournaments. We don't want you at like Blizzard saying we don't want Starcraft at BlizzCon, basically. Right. Like, OK, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> what did what did Starcraft do to you, Blizzard, that yeah. caused you to like shun it so yeah. badly? Well, and then you go, so then you jump, and certainly we don't have to, we can go back to any of these, but you look at Diablo, you know, Diablo 1 and 2 set the world on fire, don't come out with 3 for a long time. Diablo 3 comes out and is hugely popular because people are so thirsty for it, mm -hmm. but that might have been the first real blunder from them that I can think of. It was like a major, like you could put it on the timeline of like, that didn't go well. And that being the real money auction house. Right. And that whole system with Diablo three, which they eventually scrapped and uh, redesigned the way that loot and stuff works in the game. So it definitely is not the predatory <laughs> real money auction house scenario that it once was. But for me, I don't know. The game just lost a lot of its luster. Like it just wasn't something I really cared to play anymore. Right. I mean, we kind of mentioned that is sort of my feeling with something like a No Man's Sky, where it's like mm. the my initial experience with it has colored the rest of my experiences so much so that even though I can tell right now it's a better experience, I can't get that initial experience out of my head completely. Right. And and so I use a more critical eye with it, which like now I'm over critiquing things that probably wouldn't have bothered me. And I probably would have enjoyed. I mean, I enjoyed some Diablo three. I did some rift runs. Oh, I've, I've played I've hundreds of hours. It. Yeah. Of it, so, but, but the, I don't know. It, it's still colored by that initial foul taste, you know? Yeah. Well, and I just don't, you know, so fine Diablo three. Well, Diablo two is a year 2000 game. Diablo yep. three is a 2010 game. Right. And that's it. 
there is no more Diablo since then. So yeah, there's a remaster. That's that's the only thing that you can say is there's a remaster of Diablo and a remaster of Warcraft, which both go about as well as you'd expect. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, th- so I was going to jump to those in a second. The, okay. the other IP, though, the it, it, World of Warcraft that right. basically redefined Blizzard. 20 minutes on 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 a blizzard episode <laughs> i know i know i thought about bringing it up earlier but decided to save it for last i was gonna bring up a fact that we have a running joke when we're talking about you know the, the <laughs> early episode of like how we you know a lot of our stuff is on about blizzard and it's like yeah we have a running joke that is based on blizzard so i mean right right <laughs> but yeah so you know you look at wow and WoW completely changed the MMO space. I mean, it revolutionized it. It it did. And the reason that it did it was because it took risks and was willing to approach the design of the game in ways that other MMO developers weren't because they were so concerned about trying to stay more true to the D&D roots of the MMORPG genre. I would say, I would argue that WoW redefines the MMO genre multiple times. Mm-hmm. I think that like Temtem comes from the fact that wow was the first to prove that you could do pokemon as an mmo right like everybody always said it would be great to do pokemon as an mmo nobody knew how to do it wow makes an mmo inside of an mmo right and And it's not even like that was the primary content of that expansion it was just one of the features we just toss this in as some extras right a little salt and pepper in there and like Mm -hmm. And and it's not the first time they did that either. They they did kind of a whole like Clash of Clans sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. I think a ton of games got inspired by the fact that they were like sub games in WoW. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I would agree with that. Um, and then yeah, you know, WoW has continued to march along, um, continued to lean into respecting players time with more casual accessibility to content so if you want to do the hardest versions of raids then yeah you still got to farm all week and practice and read guides and do all that stuff but there's a raid finder where you can just pug and just click on a button that throws you in a queue and builds a raid team for you of other people that have queued and it's not as it's you know way easier versions of the content and the gear you can get from it is not there but it enables someone who doesn't want to know life WoW to still be able to see that in-game content. Whereas prior to them doing that, WoW and every other MMO, if you want to see the the end of the game, you really have to commit a ton of time to it. And and so they've continued to, to lean into those things and I think have done really well with it. But here with the last couple of expansions, they've really turned the player base off in a lot of ways. Honestly mostly in ways where they tried to demand more time from the players and people didn't appreciate it. Um, So it's been sad to see. I mean, literally every IP that they have has, they've either stopped making it like Starcraft or they're just producing worse versions of it. Yeah. Y'all, y'all have cell phones, right? (laughs) And then, and then to never even that game is still not delivered. Diablo Immortal doesn't exist. Right. Yes. Like, that... like, you know, like if Blizzard looks at one thing, which I'm sure we've discussed this before, but if they looked at 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 Bethesda and said Fallout made a mobile game and everybody loved it, it's because Fallout was like, here's Fallout 4. It's going to come out this year. Yeah. And while you wait, 
on the App Store right now during this talk. We just dropped a free to play title for you. Yep. Like. And Blizzard was like, we could do that. And then mocked the crowd. <laughs> right. With a game that doesn't. They showed a game that doesn't exist, said we're making this instead of Diablo 4. Right. And it's not available yet. And this is what you guys want, right? You guys have phones. Yeah. Like that is just if you looked at Bethesda and said, I want to do that, but make it a dumpster fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. No, 100 percent. Well, and so then the only success that they've really had in the recent years would be to 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 the point you were getting to is their remasters. So if you look at WoW and only one of them, and that's WoW Classic, right? That right. was a pretty good success. That was a success um, after years of fighting public servers and claiming right. that nobody wanted that whilst also shutting down the very obvious proof that people wanted it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they re they released WoW Classic and that did pretty well. Um, although I think that the shine has worn off of that at this point and Probably. there's a lot less of a community there than, than there once was, but yeah, the Warcraft three remaster, terrible, yeah. uh, the Diablo two remaster, terrible. Now to be clear, when I say terrible, they are the original versions of those games yeah. in as many ways as they can be. And that kind of sucks because they're 20 year old games. Right. And that shows like there, there are, I know some people that are loving the, the Diablo two remaster playing through it. Mostly people our age getting a few nostalgia hits who also aren't dedicated gamers. Right. So like the people that I know that are currently really enjoying it are more casual gamers who are coming back and getting to see something that they played before look really good. And then having then just knowing how to play it, not having to learn anything, not having to really worry about it, just getting back in and re-enjoying something that they used to enjoy and having a good time with it. And that's fine. That's awesome. But it's not Diablo 2 remade. It's Diablo 2 remastered. Well, and they're running into problems with it. They're running into technical issues because a lot of the code is still just 20-year-old code mm -hmm. that doesn't hold up to today and doesn't hold up to... Like, I, I read an article where they just vastly underestimated the rate at which players would be creating new new game sessions to try and get the version of the map that they want. Oh. Uh, which wasn't as common in 2000 because there yep. wasn't hundreds of YouTube videos telling you that's how you do this. So, mm -hmm. yeah, some people did it, but it wasn't everyone. And now that's the way that you play if you're really interested in min-maxing. I mean, I'm sure like the entire net code of the game had to be remade too because IPv6 didn't exist. Right. Like, I mean, and, how yeah, do you I'm do not, that? <laughs> I'm not technical enough to know the ins and outs of the code, but that's kind of what they were saying is that obviously they, they had to make some updates, but a lot of it is still that legacy code. And then they're trying to to rework it to make it work on the fly. I mean, there's still players, uh, you know, several weeks after the launch of Diablo 2 Remaster that still have consistent login issues. Wow. It's just crazy. <laughs> but yeah, like how do we remake it without making people realize we remade it? Right. And also without investing, as I'm sure they don't want to invest the resources in it either, because, again, it feels more like a cash grab than. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you invest that time in Diablo four? Like, right. Yeah. And I'm not excited by Diablo Immortal or Diablo four yeah. because I don't know how Diablo four is that different from Diablo three. Other than the only thing that Roman numeral, the only thing that I would be excited about is basically just waiting till it comes out so that I can watch somebody play through the FMVs. 
That's literally <laughs> the only thing I'm excited about. It's like because the 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 teaser trailer was, which is always is, was the, what will be the intro that happens right before the blizzard or after the electricity comes through and the blizzard logo splashes, then you get the intro. And yep. but without we were given that what last year, year before, I don't even know now. It's been right. a while. And then that's it. So yeah, I I you know I think that um obviously like we started the episode with the culture problems of Blizzard are first and foremost the thing that has to be corrected and hopefully they're taking steps to correct that. Hopefully they're they're cleaning that up. But um if they're not well, even if they do, I I, I should say, because that has to happen. If that doesn't happen, then it will fail no matter what. But assuming they can somehow rescue themselves from this again horrific culture that they've created there and turn that around and convince the player base and the community that they're not that company anymore i still don't know what they're doing from a game publishing standpoint that's really that exciting um yeah what are we gonna get lost vikings remastered yeah well the the hallmark of blizzard like we said you know the, the reason that starcraft was so awesome is it it was innovative in an RTS space that was very popular back then. Mm-hmm. World of Warcraft, innovative in an MMO space and for years innovative in a space that wasn't that way otherwise. And now they're now they're releasing 20 year old games like it's the opposite of innovation. It's it's not even I mean, at least Diablo four is a new title that maybe isn't innovative, but Diablo two remastered or Warcraft three reforged like, come on. <laughs> Oh hey, what's up, man? Is that uh, is that Indiana Jones that you're doing there? It's, no, it's it's Star Wars. It's the Death March. Oh right. Well, it's ominous sounding. So what's with that? Well, I mean, I was just imagining, you know, having to get in a character for when we have the corporate overlords that we'll submit to when we start selling out on ads. Oh man, yeah, it would be cool if there was some other way that we could fund the show. I mean, yeah, we we have a way though. It's it's called ko-fi.com/puispod. It, people can just donate to Ko-Fi to help keep the podcast ad-free for the cost of about of a cup of coffee. Oh, well, that sounds way better. What mouth trumpet song would you play for that? Uh, I don't know. I don't have trumpet music for every situation, man. It's just kind of random. Oh, well, color me surprised. That's not a color. It's so rife with opportunity, too, because we could take some of the good guy things that they have done and just kind of ask ourselves what like it's almost astonishing that they let dota become a thing right. when when it's it's because of their level editors and the openness of their tools that it ever got created in the in the first place right and the same thing happened like starcraft arcade is still huge and there's tons of really intensely cool games and they opened it up even further where they gave off like every asset like unused assets like like concept art stuff like anything that you could want they opened up the starcraft ip and essentially made it open source and yet at the same time i would think that if you wanted if you were a game developer wanting to mine places which which it actually just has happened mobile games i think have had the most success mining uh things like battle chess Right, like, or the whatever. What is is it? Battle chess. I mean, that battle game mode. A, battle chess is a thing. Certainly, I don't know if it's unique to StarCraft. I remember battle chess being a PC game when I was. Well, no, a kid. I mean, like the with like League of Legends does it too. 
Uh, oh, I know. Auto, auto, auto chest. chest. Auto chest. Yes. yes. Yeah. Which is funny that they call that because it has nothing to do with chess. Right. At all. But yes, I know what you're talking about. I actually I actually played those for a while. I forgot. Mm -hmm. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like mobile games will go mine <laughs> the 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 because the blizzard arcade is actually a pretty powerful coding tool but if you can make it in in starcraft arcade then you can make it mobile like but it's like they just they it's they shouldn't have any lack of ideas for unique game modes or titles or ips to create well i mean you know we interviewed earlier this year we interviewed knucklecracker who makes a creeper world series which is that's the most innovative RTS that I've seen in, I, I don't know, since Starcraft two, right? Yeah. And it's, and now it's made by one guy. So it's got limitations for, you know, just the amount of money invested into it for production and everything. I almost feel bad saying that though, because it's a really well-made game. Yeah. It's actually really, really well, but I get it. If you put 400 people and a billion dollars behind anything, then right, you can make like, it better than one person. <laughs> that introduces something. So, it, you know, like in StarCraft One, there was like the fourth race kind of teased mm -hmm. or whatever. It's like, there you go, make it a liquid thing, right? Yeah, it's totally different from Protoss Zerg or Terran, and you have a proof of concept for how that could look at least in some way, yep. and that could be a way to take the game that's now totally different. You could make the environment much more involved as part of the gameplay yep. versus just being like kind of a gimmick that they use in the campaign. Well, yeah, there. I mean, like the like Supreme Commander, actually, I was talking about earlier. That's one of the things that's kind of impressive in some of the multiplayer maps is there can be cliffs that are high enough that if you put a gun turret on the bottom of the cliff or underneath it and there's units on the top of it, the units on top of it can shoot the gun turret and the gun turret will shoot the side of the cliff. It's trying to target the enemies, but it can't their physics doesn't work like that right and it's like i get where in some ways you don't want too much realism in your games because you want it to be consistent especially for you know esports level stuff competitive it, right yeah to be really consistent and and know what you're doing every single time but at the same point in time that it doesn't serve much of a purpose right now other than dropping siege tanks behind <laughs> yeah well and you know what i don't know i i mean <laughs> as evidenced by the thriving starcraft 2 multiplayer scene that still exists despite blizzard not even supporting it they could even do what they do now and have the multiplayer be its own thing that doesn't mm -hmm. include all of that necessarily but make a campaign where again this stuff is a lot more integral and baked into it versus right. being a gimmick where it's like on this map the lava fills up every two minutes and you have to move your units back and forth and it's like okay i mean that's fine but you could take those ideas way farther now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And and uh, it, that like that's one of those things. And like kind of as we said, they're games inside of games like they did a proof of concept that you could do a po like I merge them together. Do a Pokemon Clash of Clans RTS. That's its own thing, <laughs> right. right? Like MMO RTS and make it on a stoop. You have the money to make the globe planet like. 600 times the size of earth right so that now you could just take over as much land as you want right what a, who cares whatever it is right but i i agree they, they there's no lack of innovation but it looks like they're just kind of hamstrung on being able to do any of it and i think that they've also had a lot of success in free-to-play things that are good 
right? Like StarCraft multiplayer is free. Like, I, I think the only thing that's not in their IPs that doesn't have any sort of free access that you can get into is like Diablo 3. Overwatch also not free to play. Oh, that's true. That's true. I, I was thinking of like a Paladins or something. And I, got, I think I got my copy gifted. So, oh, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, and even Overwatch is it's not a full price game either, though. True. Like, even even it's full price is not a full. It's not 60, not 60. Right. Yeah. Yeah, well, and you know, it, it's interesting to see too. You know, for so many years, WoW was the king of MMOs, right? And their their all time high was twelve million back in twenty ten when Wrath of the Lich King was out, which was the conclusion of the storyline started in Warcraft three. And I just read within the last month or so, Final Fantasy fourteen, which has peeled a ton of WoW's population off, is at twenty four million players currently. So, I mean, that is the king MMO at this point. Yeah, like, nothing is there. Like I had I was shocked when I read that number. Holy I remember cow. when Blizzard used to put five million players on their box. Right. As an advertisement, because that was crazy. So for Final Fantasy to hit 24 million is just bonkers. But Blizzard's not even kind of approaching <laughs> that kind right. of popularity, even prior to the mass exodus earlier you know, this year. Yeah, I mean, I think that just overall, like you like you said, it's a shame we haven't seen anything new. We haven't even seen continuations of old, right? Like they said 100% they're never doing another StarCraft. Right. Like, they don't want to go and do inter interhistory stuff. Like they don't want to do stuff that's in the middle of the can established canon and they aren't doing anything after. And you can't really do much before because like StarCraft 1 just is the introduction. Right. And so you could maybe have the Terran and Protoss fight, but like the Zerg aren't there yet. <laughs> right. And so then, yeah, so Starcraft is out there. They don't want to touch Starcraft ever again. Overwatch is super delayed. Uh, Diablo four is super delayed. Like I joke about Lost Vikings, but I kind of I wonder. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, 100 percent. I, I think the only reason they wouldn't is because it doesn't have a popular online multiplayer component right so yeah there's no way to scale the popularity of it in the same way with the others i yeah they can't deep rock galactic that one right right <laughs> although that would be i mean if you were gonna go that would be the way to go <laughs> if lost vikings was deep rock galactic that would yeah. just be <laughs> true story but yeah i think unfortunately uh at least for the foreseeable future our days of calling blizzard a good guy company are far in the rearview mirror and yeah. we are left with I say left without I'll actually rephrase that. We now turn to butterscotch shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Please to lead don't. the charge of good guy companies. Don't grow um, into 400 employees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're still they're still a ways off from that. So I think yeah. we're safe at least for the near term uh, for them. Well, yeah, they've, I mean, they've admitted in a lot of ways that like that's what happens when you grow past a certain point. And that's why they don't want to grow past. They're aware that you can't do certain things, but there are tons of questions throughout their history have been like, what would you guys do if you had a billion dollars and 100 employees? And they're like, we'd fire most of them because <laughs> we don't want uh, they don't want it. And like, and then they would be guilty of evil corporate downsizing. Right, so exactly. it's unavoidable. <laughs> so, yeah, there's yeah. a few other I think indie companies is is the way to go for supporting good guy companies there's a ton of them um yeah and and so i don't know if we're going to get to see 
you know, any company that because a lot of the ones that are in between the like, I don't know if you'd call them double double A publishers, but like kick medium large Kickstarters like uh, Star Citizen or something like they're also rotten. So, yeah, but but at least with Star Citizen, it's like they were just too ambitious and you know, certainly that doesn't alleviate them of responsibility for failing to execute and failing to deliver eight years in or whatever we are now. But at least it was because they were trying to make something great. Right. Yeah, and they, there was, they, a, there were a lot of, there was a lot of drama and internal, there were some internal journalism stories that, that came out of that too. But I, I mean, I agree. I think the public believing that they could make that kind of game with the technology that was available certainly right and, yeah and that chris roberts who i loved wing commander and privateer mm-hmm. we've done episodes on those uh why is he suited to develop something that's never even kind of been approached before right i don't think he is when he doesn't know anything about perlin noise and he wants to make <laughs> procedurally generated content like right but yeah, I don't know. I just obviously we are, you know, this is definitely not our hot take episode since the Blizzard news has been out for quite a while now. But right. We both just felt like it was something that we wanted to talk about and wanted to to share our thoughts on. And I think it's good that we've gotten away a little bit from the flashpoint of it and the highest emotions yeah. of it. Uh, and again, not that those responses are unwarranted. No, but just simply uh, to 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 talk about what we talk about on this show, which is why gaming matters. And for us, Blizzard mattered to us for a, a wide variety of reasons. And, mm-hmm. and you know, for anyone who who maybe only, you know, maybe we have listeners who are at the age where they've only been playing Blizzard games for the last five or six years. Yeah, right? they only know the Overwatch and Hearthstone. Yeah, and they only know this version of it. I encourage you to go, and this isn't a, to, <laughs> I assure you this is not a plug to just generate listens or something, but really go back and listen to those first four episodes we did because we really do highlight why blizzard mattered to us right yeah. like why they were some something that that affected us in a positive way throughout our lives starting in our childhood but and don't go play diablo 2 remastered because it's not good I, <laughs> yeah, I would not see i don't know why if you were interested i don't know why you would ever pick that over path of exile yeah it's just better in every way if you don't have nostalgia i don't know what the appeal of diablo 2 remaster would be um because it's in a really old game and it is, is certainly not innovative, but not old enough that it was only three buttons like Super Mario, like right. Super Mario still holds up and it's a really old game. Diablo two does not hold up <laughs> in the same way. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I would I would completely agree with that uh, and different kinds of games, certainly. But yeah, to your point, though, not all old games are bad inherently just because they're old. That's right. not the point. Um, but, but, but this one is. <laughs> this, this one definitely, definitely is. Anything else you wanted to hit on, though, on the, the Blizzard topic? I mean, I don't think so. I think, again, there's a lot of it still unfolding. So we're you know kind of keeping an eye on it, as a lot of other people are. I'm, I don't forgive them for the things that have gone down. Um, and I'm just hoping that they make more right decisions than wrong ones, but that hasn't really been the case lately in my opinion. So I don't know. It feels bad, but what are you going to do? 
Well, that's all for our episode today. If you like this episode, consider buying us a cup of coffee at our Ko-Fi page, which is ko-fi.com slash pod, or just tell a friend about us. It really does make a difference. All of our links and social accounts are available in the show notes. And if you want to hear more from either of us on our other shows, my other shows are The Walk Show, which talks about the walk of life through a variety of interviews, and The Crowfall Podcast, which shares stories and perspectives from the MMO Crowfall. Brett's podcast, Dungeons and Dinners, is where the love of fantasy is food for thought. All of these shows are available on any podcast app.